You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're listening to episode 91 of the Blended Family Podcast. Lately, there have been a lot of emails and some discussion in the Facebook group about breakups and people questioning whether their relationship can stand the test of time or if it's just too much to handle. I have done a couple of episodes in the past about it. One was episode number 38, What to Do If Your Relationship Is Ending, and episode 27, Before You Call It Quits. But today, I thought I'd bring you an interview with someone who can tell you her personal story of her breakup experience, just so you can all understand the battle that goes on within our minds and our families. Many times, we feel so alone when we experience problems, and this is just one person's story so you can know that you're not alone, and maybe her story can be comfort to you, and you can learn from her experience. At the end of the show, she'll tell you how to connect with her, but I also wanted to mention she is in our private Facebook group as well over at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. Some of you may not realize that group is separate from the regular Facebook page where I post show updates. The group is private and a place where we can all connect on a more personal level. One last thing before I get to the interview, I've already had several interviews with you, my listeners, to add to the new segment of the show where we get to know you a little bit better. And I'm really enjoying doing those because I get to actually speak with you and put a voice to your name and face. Please consider speaking with me. If you want to know what it's all about, just listen to last week's episode where we did the first one. And then if you're interested, email me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and just put interview in the subject line and I will send you all the details. That's all for today. Enjoy the show. I'm joined today with Lauren Jean, who is a single mama, author, and podcast stylist. Through her obsession with her own podcast and self-development, she discovered that teaching and connecting others are her superpowers. She's putting them to the test now through her signature program, Passion to Pod, which trains podcaster wannabes to voice their message through their very own podcast. In only four weeks, she and her partner, Lauren, so Lauren and Lauren, put the fire under your ass so you waste no more time and you finally get your message out loud and clear without fear or doubt holding you back. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is actually your second time on the show. We did an episode last year for Mother's Day, and we were talking about your podcast, which was the Mama Cast at the time, and you're now rebranding that show, and we can talk about that a little bit later. Today, you're here to talk about something entirely different. You're here to share your personal story of letting go. And I've had lots of listeners write to me with questions of, how do I know when to end things? When is it over? And my goal is to always try to help my listeners work things out when they can. But I know that sometimes, no matter how hard we try or even want something, we have to recognize when it's time to move on. Now, everyone has a different story, so by all means, we aren't going to tell anyone else today what to do. But Lauren, you are kind enough to be here today to share your story with us. So first, give us a little backstory, if you will, on your relationships, starting with your first marriage and then up till the most recent, which is the one we're going to focus on. Okay. Um, So because it is a long story, I'm going to shorten it really quick. I was married very early. I was married. I was engaged at 21. 
and married at 24. And then three months after that, we were separated. And the reason for that was I just wasn't there. I was too young. I was kind of doing things just to go along with what everyone else thought I should do. And I did that for a large portion of my life. The second marriage I got into way too quickly. Of course, it was a relationship first. I met him about four months after I had left my first husband. So I didn't give myself any time. I sort of just latched on to Mm -hmm. the next guy and fell in love. And I was young. And I really thought that that was the next thing. Anyway, married him, had my daughter. Um, We are still currently friends. We get along great, so that's wonderful. And that sort of ended because after I had my daughter, we started to see things differently. I started to voice my opinion. He was very much the kind of guy who always got what he wanted. And I was the complete opposite. I just went along with everything. So that kind of ended. And it was a mutual... Um, ending of the relationship because we just weren't in that spot anymore. Mm. So we decided not to continue just for our daughter. We decided that was probably the worst thing that we could possibly do for ourselves. So keeping it amicable and he is now remarried and we get along great. So that was that one. After that divorce, I had moved back home with my parents. They were very supportive having me and my daughter there. And I kind of felt like there was like this hole in my heart because for the first time in my life, really, because I started dating at 17 with my first husband, um, yeah, I felt like there was just something missing. I actually felt like there was this pain in my heart. Like I felt like I, I can't even really explain what it felt like. It just felt like I was, I was lost. I didn't know who I was, and I really, really didn't because from such a young age, I met my first husband, didn't give myself any time in between the second one. So I really decided that this time around I was going to focus on myself and I really had to put that time into it. And I did give it time. I gave it a lot of time. I gave it four years before I actually let myself get into anything. Mm. And looking at it now, I still was not there. I wasn't ready and I shouldn't have gotten into anything. But I had met someone online, and he was a super passionate guy, always there, um, just wanted to make me happy, and just wanted to be there all the time. So I allowed myself to get into something with him, but still in the back of my mind, knowing that, okay, I don't think I'm ready for this, but again, I had that voice in my head that's saying, oh, you should get out there, you should do something, you should, you should, you should. And now I'm totally not about the shoulds. I hate the shoulds. They're just, they're like the devil on your shoulder. And that's exactly what this was. But because of his persistence, because of his, you know, wanting to just be there, it was nice to be wanted by someone again. And it was a nice feeling. We had a great time. And that's really how I let myself get into that because I hadn't been in anything Mm -hmm. and even my parents were saying, you need to get out. You need to do something. Like they weren't telling me I need to get out and date, but I kind of put myself in this box, in this hole. And they were scared for me because I was alone a lot of the time. And looking at it now, that's just my personality. I enjoy that. So from this moment on, after I had gotten out of this relationship, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to force anything. 
because for most of my life, that's what I did. I forced things because of what other people were thinking. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really the the short of it. Okay. Well, let's talk about that last relationship a little (laughs) bit, just because that was the one that was headed towards a blended family road. So Tell me what were some, I mean, aside from what you're talking about for your own personal things, but what were some of the problematic issues that you had in your relationship and were most of them blended family related or just typical issues? Or was it just what you were just saying, describing about yourself? Um, it's a combination of everything. But in the end, when there's a child involved, you're always going to look at the future, whether or not you see a future with the person. That's just my opinion. Um, you know, when you're in your late 30s and you've been through things and the other person has been through things as well, it's, it's, hard for, it's hard for you to not look into the future and say, hey, can I see myself with this person? Right. But it was a little bit different for me because I was kind of forcing myself to get out there. I didn't look at that stuff because I wasn't looking for a future with someone. I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that I didn't want it, but I wasn't ready for one. And I always felt like I was being pushed in that direction. So the issues, um, there were lots of them. There were lots of red flags that I kind of pushed to the side because we were having fun and because I'm like, hey, well, I don't really see a future with this guy anyway. And I wasn't allowing myself to do that. So I was just going along. I was having fun seeing the red flags, but I never once thought that, hey, I'm going to marry this guy because I'd been married twice before and I was very, at that point I was anti-marriage and it was just not something that was in my head. So like the red flags were, were very different. He is very much, or was, still is obviously, (laughs) um, a beer drinking video game kind of guy. Oh. So... That was a big thing for me. And you know what? I thought, I was like, all right, well, this is who he is. We have a lot of fun. He treats me, he treated me like gold, like gold. And I kind of see it different now. That's how I saw it. Mm. That's how, I can't say that's how a lot of people saw it. That's how I saw it. That's how it was in my eyes. And I think it's because I was in that little love bubble. You want to call it like the honeymoon phase. And that honeymoon phase never really ended. Mm-hmm. And that's the weird thing. Um, but I couldn't talk to him about anything really, because what I found myself getting into was just, you know, we would go out, we'd have something to eat, we'd have a drink, we'd relax. We never really got into conversation. And that was a problem for me because I have become a talker through all of my self-development, through my podcast. I have grown so much And not once did I feel that I could talk with him about that kind of stuff because he couldn't take things seriously and he had a lot of, he definitely had a lot of issues and I kind of felt like, you know, me being in this, this coaching field, I'm like, I'm in his, I'm in his life for a reason. I'm supposed to help this guy. I'm, you know, I really care for him and I still do care for him a lot. I can't say I don't. It's not the reason I ended it, but there were too many things. I couldn't have a conversation with him. Um, he didn't really understand where I was coming from. Not much of a guy who can sort of put himself into someone else's shoes because he had so many of his own issues. And I kind of started to justify all of this stuff, you know, and 
after a while, these are the kinds of things that just kept like biting me in the ass. And I wasn't listening to my gut. And this is what I'm all about. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? So I was putting a lot of negative self-talk on myself because I'm like, oh my God, I love this guy, but, but this isn't right. But I love him, but this isn't right. So it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I really felt like once we hit a year, I'm like, oh my God, I, fr- I started to freak out. I really started to freak out. It was a week before we were going to go away um, to Vegas. Yeah, he had planned it for our one-year anniversary, and he paid for everything, everything. So also you can imagine the amount of pressure that I felt because of that. Right. Um, I had that freak out, and we had almost broken up before we went away. And he's like, are we going away or are we not? Are we breaking up? I'm like, no, let's, let's go away. Let's do this. And yet my heart was racing. And it was just like, from there, it just went downhill mm-hmm. because I started to realize like, wow, he's never going away. He's never going to go away unless I push him away. And I mean, it goes into so much more than that, but I don't want to, oh, I don't want to bring it into that. So yeah. Well, so that's what I was going to ask you is when, so you just answered my question, when did you start to have the feelings of doubt? So you kind of really knew about a a year uh, was when you had been having feelings all along, but then, you know, that was the moment where you kind of just realized it. So um, I'll move on to the next question. You know, for all of us with blended families, it's really tough when we start to question the relationship because we're no longer just able to worry about ourselves. We have to consider our children and how a split will affect them all. And I know you guys had kids on both sides. I know you have one daughter. Um, and so I don't know the ages. How, how many children did he have? He had two boys. Two boys. One was, um, well, now my daughter's eight. His one son is going to be 10 and one is going to be, no, wait. Nine and eleven, they'll be this year. Okay, Nine so they were they were all close in age. So tell us, tell us about the breakup. Were you concerned about the kids, and how did that affect your decision to end things? Um, honestly, it didn't affect it at all. I was thinking, I, I made this sound selfish, but I was thinking about myself and my daughter because I was so unsure for most of the time. They didn't really have much exposure to each other. The first time they had exposure to each other was probably three months into our relationship where, of course, you know, you're feeling all happy and this is what you want and you're in that, you're in that lovey-dovey stage. We went pumpkin picking for the first time and um, I really saw like the interaction between him and his kids at that point and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, like what would my future look like? <laughs> so you were not you were not impressed with the relationship, or what? What happened? He's very much like a child, which is again a major problem because his one son has um, mild autism, which I have no problem with. Of course, this is this is what we deal with. These are these are kids, but he had left his medication at his mother's house. So the first time that my daughter met his one son, he was off of his medication and off of his rocker. And I really felt bad for the poor kid. Um, sweet kids, very, very affectionate, very affectionate. And I, I did really, I did really love them a lot, but I never allowed myself to get emotionally involved. 
um, because the way I saw like what was going on there that he wasn't able to take control of his kids. That was one of the first signs was like, Oh my God, is he a friend or is he a father? And that, that really, that really kind of hurt it at first. But then again, like I said before, I pushed it away because I'm like, all right, well, I don't, I don't really see anything at this point. So I kind of just said, Oh, well, you know, that, that's his, that's his thing. I don't need to deal with that. And, um, it was, it was definitely very hard and I really tried to understand. I, I kept trying to put myself in his shoes and trying not to fault him for it. Yeah. And it, after repeating it, it's just, it's hard to continue seeing that in a yeah. positive way. Well, it's, it's so interesting what you're talking about here because you hear so many people. I mean, even myself, when I met Sean, it was like, when is it the right time to introduce the kids? When is it appropriate? And, you know, you try to hold off, but then you think about it and it is important to meet them because then you want to see what is that interaction like? How, how does that person parent their children or how are they all going to integrate together? So sometimes it's actually good to get that meeting over with and see how everybody does. And then you can kind of really tell, does this look like there could be a future here or is there not going to be? And so that's really interesting. Um, I think, you know, Sean and I, we brought our kids together sooner than the three month mark, but it was like a very casual just friends. I kind of did a similar thing. I was like, well, this is not going to be serious because I was scared. Um, and then I started, you know, in my personal story was, he was actually very, very good with his kids. And I liked that. And I started to think, well, instead of me worrying about the damage here, let me think about what he can bring to the table. And he, you know, the benefits of him coming in, you know, were far greater than what was going to happen, you know, if things didn't work out. And so that's why I did that. But, um, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. You make the decision to break it off. How did you handle it with the kids? I know you said they didn't really have much interaction. So um, did you even have to let them know? And do you have any advice about that for any listeners that might be going through a similar breakup process, you know, about how to handle it with the kids? Did you tell your daughter? What did you do? Um, well, my, my daughter had met him probably a handful of times. That's it. She knew of him. Um, and he even came over for uh, Christmas one year, the only year. And they played really, really well. Like he, like I said, he's like a kid. He is definitely like a kid. So he played like a kid with her and they had a ton of fun and she connected with him that night. And I was in my head, I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? You know, right. we had a great time. And then ever since then, she just, she, she just loved him. She wanted to know like, you know, um, when can we see him again? Can I hang out with him and his boys? Can we do this? Can we do that? And it's not that I didn't try at first in the beginning. I wanted to, but the way our schedules drive, it didn't work. And also, you know, being, um, split with her dad, I didn't have her as much. I worked early mornings. He worked until the evening. And on those days where I had her, it was, it was about her. Like, for some reason, it never crossed my mind to get her and him together. It just didn't. And I think that was one of my ways of holding back and not allowing myself to get in deeper with her. Yeah. And at first, that wasn't the way I was thinking. It was just happening that way. Like, my brain was not allowing me to get in any further 
because I'm like, well, it's, it's me and her time and this is just how it is. And for him, it was a little bit different because, um, him not being the, you know, primary caregiver, he didn't have, he had his boys two nights during the week, but only until, uh, bedtime because then they would go back to their mothers for school the next day and he would have them every other weekend. Like, you know, like most things, I think most do it that way. Right. Um, and I had her for a full four days, three and a half days. So when we had them, it wasn't like we ever really had them at the exact same time. So I didn't feel pressured to try and get them together because it's just like our schedules didn't work that way. If we wanted to get them together, we had to plan it. And I had to make sure that I was around, she was around, but it, it never really worked that way. Yeah, but it seemed like, you know, that inside part of you just knew, and that's why you probably held back a little too, because if you if you really felt like this was going somewhere, and it was for real, and it was going to be a long time, you could have made it more of an effort, probably, you know what I mean? But it's like you knew, and you didn't want to expose your daughter, because you didn't want her getting too close, because you saw that one meeting, she latched on to him, and so, obviously, that's a lot harder, you know, the more you go on. I mean, if I had to... If I had to pull my kids away from Sean at this point, that would be devastating to them. And of course, we're in nine years now, but I mean, even after it was just a year, they were attached, you know, and I was attached to to Shawnee and Madison, to my stepchildren, you know, it was like, it would have been very, very painful pulling away. So um, I'm glad that you didn't take that too far. You know, what was the hardest part of the breakup for you? The hardest part of the breakup was... I didn't want to hurt him. That was the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't emotionally attach. That was a positive thing for me. Like I did love him, but I feel like I've gotten stronger within that year and a half that I was able to, I was able to let go. But the hardest thing is, and I didn't mention, we broke up seven times before that. Oh, Wow. So this was a process from a year to a year and a half. We broke up seven times. And the only reason I believe, I really do, the only reason I believe that it lasted, um, the breakup for the last time, was because he broke it off. And I, from then, refused Mm. to let myself get back into that pattern. Yeah. So I broke it off seven times because I had, I really, I had these freakouts. I was having anxiety attacks. I was just, I was a, I was a disaster because every time that I would break it off with him, I would freak out because I'm like, I didn't want to lose him. Such a good guy. Right. And then the last time it was a couple days before my birthday and I was, um, and this, this will tell you how much of a child he is. I'll, I'll explain it. Um, I was taking a nap. It was a Sunday. I didn't have my daughter. I was taking a nap. And I had my phone in the other room charging. And I was on silent. And I woke up to it probably two hours later. And I missed. It was like three calls I missed. And he was a caller. He was someone to definitely call all the time. And that's one of the things that really kept me because I really felt like that was important to call and not text all the time. Mm -hmm. Texting is fine, but not all the time. So I missed three calls. He didn't leave a message and I woke up to a text. I guess he just couldn't wait. And his text said, Oh my God. And I actually, I actually laughed at it. And this is when I knew I was okay with it being over. He writes to me, would it be okay if I wanted to be single? And I'm like, (laughs) 
<sighs> I actually laughed at it. Yeah. I wasn't upset. I wasn't crying. I kind of felt like a little bit of pain, you know, that kind of yeah. pressure that you have in your heart. Cause it's like, Oh my God. So I tried to call him back. He didn't pick up. And I think at this point he just didn't want to talk. So I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. I, I knew his personality. I was like, of course. I'm like, you know, we're both adults and we've been through a lot of stuff. I said, did I, you know, did I do something? He's like, well, I really think it was because of all these breakups that I'm just so unsure now. Yeah. I was like, okay, I, you know, I completely understand that. And I wrote to him, I said, I don't know why you kept coming back to me in the first place. I'm like, it just, it didn't make any sense. And from there on, I just, I just kept my, my distance. And from there he's, he's still tried to get back together with me. And I'm just like, in my head, him releasing me was the only way that I was going to let myself go from him. Well, yeah, because you don't have to feel guilty, you know, so that's a big part of it, the guilt that we place on ourselves for trying to end things. And it's it's funny because, well, not funny, but I have a lot of listeners that have been writing to me uh, with similar concerns. They've been, you know, and they're, they're a little bit more latched in with their blended families, you know, a little bit more involved, but you know, they're doing the whole breakup makeup dance and, and don't know what they should do. So I want to ask you, looking back now, is there anything that you feel you should or would have done differently? I mean, would you have done the seven breakups or would you have tried to listen to that inner voice? What, what's your advice about that? I would have completely gone with my gut the very first time. Because mm-hmm. like, if you feel something and you start to get like physical symptoms, which I did, it took a while, but actually in January, after we had a fight, I ended up getting the flu and pneumonia. Mm. And I really feel like that was the buildup of all of those breakups. Yeah. I, didn't, I was not listening to myself, so my body started to really revolt against me. And during those breakups, those breakup times when I would start to really freak out and my gut was telling me something, get the hell out, it was telling me. Right. Um, I was starting to experience lower back pain and stiffness and I, everything I did hurt. So my body was hurting. It was actually hurting. And I was trying to figure out why. And at that point, I'm like, now I look at it. I'm like, why didn't I see that? Something clearly in front of me happening inside of my body was telling me that this is a problem. Yeah. And it was a breakup breakup number six I know um after we broke it off I really feel I really felt like that was over the very next day my back pain was gone instantly gone we ended up getting back together like a month later because I'm like I really still love this guy and I don't know why I can't let go of him we got back together in a week my back was in pain again Mm. so it's just it's listening to your body. It's like, how, how do you feel? Do you feel happy or are you just doing this because you have that, oh, I love him kind of thing? Right. Because well, it takes more than love. It, it really does. does. It does. And the other thing is with the, the whole blended family thing that sometimes you can confuse the feeling because it's so stressful sometimes when you're in a blended family that, you know, you're feeling stressed out, but sometimes it's not that you need to break up. It's just that you need to focus your attention on different areas and work together. So it is a fine line. And Lauren, you're right. You, you have to learn to recognize the signs within yourself and to listen to that inner voice 
and figure out, you know, what's lacking and what you need to do. Let me ask you this. I know that your um, ex-husband, is he, is he currently with somebody? He's married. He's married. Okay. So your daughter actually experiences, um, you know, kind of an interesting, well, do, do they have, does that woman have children or do they have children together? No, they are trying though, oh, but they don't okay. have any. Okay, so not yet. It's not like really a full dynamic yet, but um, so maybe soon, and then you'll you'll have to let us know how all that goes when with another baby coming into the picture and stuff. But your daughter seems like she does pretty well. She's got like a fifty fifty shared custody with you guys. Yes. Okay. Well, I always look at the pictures of her because we, we're Facebook friends, and I see she looks like a very happy, well rounded kid. So obviously, you're doing something right. Yeah, she is very happy. She loves her stepmother. Um, I like her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the position she's in, but I do like her and I'm glad she is there for my daughter. Good. Well that, listen, we can't, not everyone loves, you know, their ex's partner, but if you can work to a place where Everybody can work together for the benefit of the child. That's all that really matters. And again, I want to point out to the listeners, Lauren's story is her personal story. By no means are we telling any of you to end a relationship, even if you feel like your blended family is struggling with similar issues. Every situation is unique, and my focus is always to help you find methods and strategies to work things out, but I also want you to understand that sometimes you can't, sometimes more damage can be done by staying, as in Lauren's case, and that's something that only you and your partner can decide. Lauren is simply here today to share and to show you that in the unfortunate event of ending a relationship, life can and does go on. And speaking of that, Lauren, I know you have put all of your focus on your daughter and your business, and I know you've had some shifts. So tell us first about your rebranding of the show. Yeah, um, I'm such a podcast junkie. It's it's crazy. You know, I've, I've listened to so many. Yours is the first one I, I listened to. Um, <clears throat> and then we connected this way. But the show shifted from just being moms, and it's called MamaCast right now. And it has shifted majorly into self-development. But because I'm so passionate about trying to create my life the way I want it. I've gotten really into the world of entrepreneurship. So I was going to create a whole new show and I decided against that simply because I want to make my life easier instead of having two separate shows, but there, there's actually a third. I'll get into that. Oh my goodness. Um, I decided to take the current show that I have that is primarily self-development and turn it more into, um, more business related, but keeping the self-development because I find the people that I'm connecting with are entrepreneurs and they have so much to offer. And through what I've been through, personal stories, self-development, um, making a business work while you have a full-time job and a child is a lot of information. And I think it could be really useful. So I decided just to rebrand the show and just add some more things into it and make it even more valuable for anyone out there who, you know, has a family or who's single and they just want to improve their life and really create freedom and happiness. And that's, that's where that's headed. So it's going to be called the pod pod junkie podcast because I call myself a podcast junkie and I really am. So I'm like, that's it. I'm all about podcasts. So why not? It just, it fits my personality. And, um, it 
just feels right. So it's going to turn into the Pod Junkie podcast in uh, September. It's on a, a little bit of a hiatus in August because I really needed to focus on what I'm doing currently and um, just give myself a little rest. Okay. And the other exciting thing I want to talk about is that you are launching a new podcast this fall. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. I was contacted by a woman who wanted to um, start something. She didn't know what. She wanted to start something for uh, divorced entrepreneurs. And I just, um, I found her in one of the groups. She podcasts. I found her in there. And of course, I raised my hand like crazy. I'm like, well, I've been there twice. So, you know, what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. So she started talking. We got on the phone and um, she learned that I was doing podcasts. She's like, that would be great. I would love to do that. And you know how sometimes you, you got to really think about something before you get into it? Yeah. I was like, oh, hell no, we're doing this. Let's, let's do this and let's get on the phone. And um, yeah, so that's in production right now. We recorded two shows. She interviewed me. I interviewed her. And actually, when we get off today, I'm going to be talking with her. We're going to do another show. But really what it's going to be, it's going to be a combination of, and we, we changed the name instead of just the divorce entrepreneur. I said, we need to add the word happy in there because we want to enforce that this is, you know, good stories. These are stories of, um, it could be women, it could be men who are divorced and who got something great out of it. You know, they've learned a lesson from it. So we're going to be talking, you know, parenting, entrepreneurship, business, and dating is going to be a huge one in there. So yeah, anyone who is interested in sharing a story like that can absolutely contact me because I know I really enjoy talking about this kind of stuff because I know it could help someone. So I'm sure there are other people out there who want to do the same. So that's going to be the third show. Um, the happily divorced entrepreneur. Well, I think that's one of the other reasons I wanted to have you on today because when you told me that you're doing that, I think that I actually have a lot of listeners that would be interested in it. So I'm really, really glad and I'm excited for you. Can you please offer up any final words of advice or encouragement for my listeners and also tell them how to find you? Okay. I I mentioned this before in when we were talking Listen to your gut. Listen to your body. I am all about that. You know, if you're feeling stressed because of a relationship, and that's not just a personal relationship. That could be, you know, a work relationship, a friendship, whatever. If you're feeling like you're having headaches all the time and it's around a specific person or a specific issue, try to figure out what that is because it's not going to go away until you resolve the issue. And for me, all those are gone. I don't have any more back pain. Um, it's crazy how you can, when you release a certain feeling in a certain way, how many things can go uphill. I mean, since the breakup, so many wonderful things have happened. So when you let something go, something else amazing could really happen. If you just listen to your body. And uh, it's so powerful. Yeah, that's great advice. And how, how can everyone find you, Lauren? What's the best way? Um, well, the best way right now is, um, well, if you're interested in the new podcast, The Happily Divorced Entrepreneur, it's actually, uh, we have a group for it. Um, we're starting to collect people who are interested in just either, you know, consuming the content or being involved. There's a Facebook group for that. Um, but really the best way right now is you can just find me on my personal Facebook page because my website is 
not yet up. It's being completely rebranded and it probably won't be ready until September. So, I mean, if you want to connect with me, you can go to that group or you can just go to my personal page and just make friends for now. And then once the, um, the website is up and running, I'm going to have all the shows on there and information about the program that I'm doing right now too. Great. And I'll add some of your links in the show notes, but also, uh, Listeners, Lauren is a member of our group on Facebook, which is my group called the Blended Family Connection. So you can connect with her there as well very easily, Lauren Jean in that group. And if you're not already a member, you can join at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show today to share your very personal story. I'm sure it's helpful to those of my listeners who might be struggling right now in their own relationships. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I love talking to you. Okay, listeners, feedback can be sent to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. And we'll be back next week with another show. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye, Lauren. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.